This is Soundtrack, a podcast about the music that impacts our lives. Every episode is a conversation of how music has shaped and influenced one's life, because music is the soundtrack to everyone's story. Soundtrack is hosted by Kaya Leakey. Hey everyone, today's episode is going to be the season finale. I've got a pretty busy schedule the next few months, so uh, we'll be taking a little pause and bringing it hopefully back up in the spring uh, with some other guests. So uh, today I'm here with my mom, Marta Lichty. Hello. We're here in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Uh, I figured with uh, the episode coming out on Thanksgiving that it would be uh, really good to have somebody from my family be on the podcast. So, uh, Mom, you grew up here in Fort Wayne, Indiana. You grew up a couple years in Canada as well, uh, just outside of, well, several places in Canada, but um, mostly in Ontario, right? Correct. What was it like to be growing up in Fort Wayne and also in Canada? Well, Canada was years five through eight, and so really the only music I remember is the a cappella singing that we did at church where my dad was a pastor, um, the hymns, which I love, um, especially when they're sung in four-part harmony. Uh, so then what, uh, it was eight when we moved back to the States, and really the only music that was playing in the house at the time that I remember was uh, Christmas music, which we had a few albums that were played, mostly various singers on the album. And don't really remember names except Perry Como. My dad really liked him, and Dionne Warwick was on that album. Oh, yeah. Um, but just, obviously, we liked them. We kept them. We played them every year. Um, so not a, not a whole lot of music other than what we were singing at church. Mm-hmm. So there's uh, Papa Loves Mambo in there at all? No. Well, no, none of that. No. <laughs> it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Yes. Yeah. The, more the traditional Christmas songs. Yeah. Or the oldies. <laughs> Do you know why Grandpa liked Perry Como? I really don't. I do not. Um, he liked Andy Williams as well. Mm-hmm. I remember that. I like Andy Williams probably more than Perry Como. But um, just... Must have been his style that that he liked. Yeah. I saw Andy Williams when I was pregnant with you. Oh, really? But you didn't get a love for Andy Williams. Well, how did you see him? He was at the embassy here in Fort Wayne. Okay. Was it for Christmas music? Yes. Okay. Yes. So. <laughs> Come on, you got to admit, nobody sings... Christmas carols like Andy Williams. Well, maybe Bing Crosby. Well, that's true. <laughs> I know. Or Nat King Cole. Yes. And I think each of those 
artists are known for maybe one or two particular songs right. at Christmas time that, yeah. that you just associate that they have to sing that song. Right. It's uh, it's it's almost Christmas time. It's it is crazy that that's what's going to be playing constantly in the next it, month or so. It already is. Yeah. Not allowed. No. Uh, so, um, while growing up, you also uh, were, I don't know if it was because of church or parents, but Gaither Vocal Band was also uh, someone you were listening to. Um, talk about them. Well, the Gaithers are from Indiana, and my mother was really big into them. We had eight tracks of songs that they sang. Um, those songs, I actually listened to the lyrics and really um, were ministered by the lyrics. Um, songs when you're feeling down or um, just need the reassurance that Jesus is with you. Those were the go-to songs mm-hmm. from the Gaithers. All right. So as a as a kid, you started learning the clarinet. Um, yes. <laughs> talk about what <laughs> that, happened with that. <laughs> that's that's a joke. Uh, I took private lessons, and really was no good at all. I, of course, not practicing didn't help, but. It was the thing you did. You know, you took up an instrument in grade school, and and so I began playing that, but it didn't last very long because it soon got to be, it wasn't worth his time or mine with the private lessons. But um, my father did bring home a 45 record for me uh, while I was getting lessons, of The Sting, which was a movie that came out around that time because I had a clarinet solo right. in it. And so it, it just, it meant a lot to me. We didn't have a lot of extra money for things that were not a necessity. So to receive that, even something, you know, that little or inexpensive just meant a lot. Have you tried learning the clarinet since? No, I have not. I I have no music ability whatsoever. No. Have you seen the movie This Thing? Many, many years ago. Oh, it's a great movie. It is. It won Best Picture. Wow. Yeah. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. I'll have to watch it again. <laughs> so... Um, then as so you're growing up uh into middle and high school uh pop music's pretty influential for you whether it's uh the band america michael jackson uh the bgs um what was it about um someone like the bgs or michael jackson that really um appealed to you i mean they were huge at the time. Both right. artists, artists were, um, with Saturday Night Fever going on 
what uh, was that? What prompted it? Oh, I'm sure the movie had some influence, um, even though I never saw the movie till I was well into my adult years with a family. Um, just the music is feel good. You know, disco is huge. And you just their sound. Of course, I, I actually started out liking Andy Gibb first. And then I suppose at the time of the movie and just learning that they were brothers and, yeah. you know, the sound, similar sound. The falsetto voice and the disco. Yes. Kind of elements to it. Correct. And Michael Jackson? Oh, he was just, I grew up grade school listening to him with the Jackson 5. We attended a church with a lot of black families that we became very close to and would travel with them and hang out with them, and that's who they were listening to, so that's who we listened to. Right. Um, I'm not sure we were really listening to them in our own home, yeah. <laughs> but when we were together, that's what we were listening to. And then Off the Wall came out. Yes, I loved that album. Yeah. Just the beat, I think. Just every song was just phenomenal. So uh, you have um, a funny story, though, with the Off the Wall album that you got, right? Yes. So it was 7th or 8th grade, and one of the girls in my class said that she could get that album and wanted to know if anybody wanted it. So I spoke right up because not having much money, I was all over that. So she brought the albums the next day, and I was just absolutely thrilled. It was I just couldn't wait to get home and play it. But then I overheard her telling her friends that she had stole these al- albums. So here I had a stolen album but I wanted it so bad that I didn't give it back (laughs) so I kept my stolen album which if my mother had known I I would have been in some big big trouble Um, so I I mentioned America as well Um, there's kind of another more (laughs) Uh, I would say a little more ridiculous. Yes. <laughs> of, a, of a story. So my older brother of two years hated the song Horse With No Name and could not understand why I would play that over and over and over or why this I was even... on your 45? Yes. It was a a record that I had bought. And at one point, he even took it from me and wouldn't give it back. Just, But he never told me why I I shouldn't play it or what was wrong with it. So it was very confusing to me. But, of course, being the 
sister that I was, I just kept playing it and playing it. Because I didn't like his music either, which was old-style country. Right. Yeah, it's, it's a, I don't know, because A Horse With No Name, is uh, it's got a Western vibe to it. And so it's just interesting that he would be so opposed to it. Um, right. Because it's not like uh, um, glam rock or uh, something, you know... Velvet Underground, kind of weird, like yeah. indie. Probably even. just him being a snot. Yeah. He that was sounds in, about right. He was in a mood, and <laughs> he could, so he did. Yeah. So, uh, high school's coming around, post-college, um, MTV becomes a staple, not just in your life, but in... A lot of American households. Yes. Uh, during this time, and what was it uh, about MTV that was so appealing to you to watch? Probably just because it brought the introduction of so many artists that I had never heard of, let alone saw. Mm-hmm. Because again, I didn't have money to go to concerts. So I never saw anyone perform until Loverboy and I was probably somewhere between 18 and 20 when I saw them live at, in Fort Wayne. Oh, yeah. At the Coliseum or somewhere else? At the Coliseum. Huey Lewis and the News opened for them. Oh, wow. Um, who I also liked. But, yeah, they just to see artists perform and be introduced to so many that you would have never heard before, either because you didn't like the sound, maybe, of a song that you did hear, and then on MTV you would hear a different song, Um, or just maybe the way they dressed, or their style, um, the way they looked, Mm. might have turned you off but then you'd listen to it on MTV and because they would tell you at the beginning of the hour what songs were, or videos were coming up. So sometimes you, you knew your artist was coming up, yeah. but you had to watch the whole hour so you wouldn't miss them. So that's where you would be introduced to other artists. Which some you liked, some you didn't. Yeah. Yeah. What were um, what were some of these bands that MTV brought to light for you? Uh oh. Uh, Tears for Fears, Spandau Ballet, Naked Eyes, uh, The Go Go's, um, Boy George. I listened to who's totally not really my style but he's kind of intriguing mm-hmm. um, the clash wait, I liked wait, how <laughs> just what's up with you and the clash I don't know some just something different okay and I'm a huge movie buff 
And so I hear a lot of new songs on movies that I will watch the end credits to find out who sang that. And then I'll get the album and listen to some more. Sometimes it's just one or two songs I like. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know they were on a, a movie soundtrack that, that I liked okay. as well. I I love British. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you have any idea as to what it is about those British bands or that's so intriguing? I mean, because the other thing too is they're all alternative. Alternative. So I don't know. Is there something there? Maybe just uh, me wanting to express myself in a different way, or um, because alternative is definitely not me, mm-hmm. <laughs> or maybe the way I come across. Maybe it's a release allows me to express myself in a way that maybe I'm not comfortable doing with words or dress or actions right uh, so you have a, a kind of a interesting story about uh, lover boy um, yeah place when you were younger uh, yes go ahead so this friend that introduced me to MTV she was older and had kids but we just really connected through work and through music And she decided because her husband was off and gone for, uh, he was a pilot with the Air National Guard, um, sometimes for a month, two, three months at a time, that she would take me to Vancouver for my 21st birthday, Hmm. which was pretty awesome in itself. Uh, But I found out it was really to hook up with Margot, Loverboy's fan club president, who she had been getting to know over the phone because the normal six to eight week wait for your membership kit never came. So she had quite a few conversations with her. And our kits finally came, but then she also said, if you're ever in Vancouver, to look me up. So... We flew to Vancouver, got in on Friday night, called Margot, and she took us out for dinner. And then we went by Loverboy's office, fan club office, and got a bunch of free stuff and showed us around. We asked if they were in town and if she could show us where they live. <laughs> but of course she couldn't. Yeah. Uh, But she said she would take us to Bruce Allen, who managed Loverboy, his private club, instead of the things that she couldn't do or tell us. So we showed up at Richards on Richards and were initially denied entry because she did not go through the proper protocol of giving notice of who she was bringing so a few phone calls had to be made, but we were admitted. So it was it was pretty awesome. 
you know, 21 years old and in a private club owned by Loverboy's manager. So we were probably there two, three hours. And I don't remember the act that was performing at that time, but I was told uh, Brian Adams started there. Okay. And I like him also. Yeah. Um, so it was a very interesting night, just hanging out and doing something that you wouldn't normally get to do. Right. On your own. And on your birthday, too. Yes. Yes. I heard the restaurant is, or the club is not there on Richard Street anymore. So I don't know if it has the same name. They moved. But hmm. I still have my coaster that says Richard's on Richard's. Did, um, so you, you used to actually, you were a flight attendant. Part-time flight attendant. Right. And was there any, I mean, I feel like oh. there was musicians that you met. I did. And that you, um, I'm, tr- I'm forgetting her name. Ann Murray. Yes. Yes. Wow. Uh, what was that again? Uh, she was on a tour in the Midwest and... She contacted, uh, or her people contacted um, Consolidated Airways, which was based in Fort Wayne. And um, so we got a gig of flying her and her band, which included her brother, um, for seven days Mm -hmm. through the Midwest and got tickets to her show in Battle Creek, Michigan. So your dad and I went up there. We were... Well, I was already there, but he drove up. We were dating at the time and went to her concert. And so, yeah, I was with her for seven days. Um, what, uh, like, tell the audience what kind of, who Anne Marie is. Maybe some people don't know. <laughs> well, Anne Marie is from Nova Scotia and she sings. Um, I think she's she's known a lot for her Christmas music. Yeah. Um, I think it was called Snowbird or Songbird. Yeah, was, that sounds, was huge. That sounds right. One of those. Um, she's a. I mean, she's an older woman. Probably wouldn't appeal to. She's more like a singer songwriter. Yes. I, I feel like. Yes. Any other artists or bands that? From those flight attending days? Or was it just oh, Ann? Um, I almost got to fly with the Beach Boys. Yeah, I remember. I, I knew it was Beach Boys, but I couldn't remember yeah. what it was. Uh, they were in Texas, and the, the flight crew that was with them had been with them for a few months and were ready for a break. And so they were going to fly us down to Texas to finish out the tour but they decided to use a flight crew that was from another company already down there to save a few hundred dollars. (laughs) So that was disappointing. Yeah, because the Beach Boys kind of came back during that time. They did. They did. With Kokomo. Right. So. It would have been so cool. Yeah. So now I just have a almost story. (laughs) All right, so the 90s come around, 
I'm alive. <laughs> yeah. Hi, siblings as well. Um, and during that time, um, I remember we mostly listened on the radio Christian music at the time, whether it was Amy Grant with uh, Baby <laughs> and Michael W. Smith, um, My Place in This World. Yeah. Um, huge. And they actually, those two songs were huge on the radio in general, not just right. within uh, Christian, Christian charts, which is just crazy to me to think about. Like, Michael W. Smith had a top 10 hit. Right. <laughs> it's um, pretty amazing. So, but, uh, so we were listening to that music. What, um, what are things you remember that made you appreciate those artists and those times that we might have had in the car. <laughs> well, prior to that, we had no Christian radio in Fort Wayne. So that was huge in and of itself. And that's what was playing at the time. You know, like you said, it, it was on both charts of popularity. Mm-hmm. So, and I think because it was early um, motherhood, I was a little more picky about what you listened to. Yeah. And maybe too picky, but... Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, I did what I thought was right at the time. Yeah. And um, <laughs> thankfully it didn't last, you yeah. know. But that's what we listened to. Yeah. And it was good at the time. You know. Okay. <laughs> so uh, I start to push uh, my boundaries of what I was listening to. And um, so what happened was you, so I'm, forcefully was playing music yes um in the car or wherever and but you started enjoying it too i did um it wasn't to your chagrin or anything of no this uh dislike of my music but you you also enjoyed it as well because um, that happens a lot in teenage years between parents and children yeah their style of music is not of interest to the parent. So it was unusual and also kind of nice <laughs> right. that we liked the same thing because I was driving well, you a- around a lot. Yeah, I'm sure there was some stuff that you didn't care for. Um, but the majority. majority of it you, you did, you enjoyed as well. Right. What, uh, what are some of those artists? Uh, Coldplay, huge. Still love them. Um, Anne Berlin, surprising. <laughs> yeah. But. Um, but you, you're more of like, you know, particular song rather than the whole catalog of, of songs that that artist might have that you yes, enjoy. Yes. I might hear a song that, that they're, an artist is playing and might not even reach out to find out what else they have. 
I might just stick with that one or two. Sometimes I do um, research a little more or go to the library and get the, the CD to find out what else they're playing. Um, I enjoyed Mute Math. Uh, I don't know, were there any others? Uh, Young and Giant, maybe. Yeah. Yes. And I enjoyed like their album, their first album more than their second or they have three now. Don't they have four. Four. Okay, I'm behind. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to check it out. Yeah. But what what is it about? I mean, those are all alter- alternative again um, bands. But what um, besides the alternative aspect of it? What do you know? why some of those particular songs were of interest to you as well? I think for me, most songs is the beat. I'm not huge into lyrics to this day. Um, It's just how it makes me feel, the sound that comes across. So... I, I leave. I'm, I'm out of the house. Yeah. But the you kind of start to take on your own uh, path of of listening to music. Yes. Um, from and movies. You're not, and you're not getting it from Aaron or Kendall either. No. Um, but so, and what's also interesting is it's more countryish in Rascal Flatts, Lady Antebellum. Um, you weren't exactly a big country fan. No. And so you're starting to listen to those uh, kind of bands. What? How did that happen? And why did they interest you so much? Well, I found Rascal Flatts, Lady Antebellum, through movies by watching the credits, listening to the soundtrack or... Um, just hearing of all the movies being played and then discovering who it was. Mm -hmm. And I think my favorite is pop. And so they fit more into a pop style rather than the old country. Yeah. Which I've never cared for. Mm -hmm. So... Um, again, probably just beat, sound, feel good, just their style right. appeals. And so another artist is Michael Buble yes. during that time as well. Um, what about him? Well, I like that he takes some of the older song lyrics, but kind of creates a pop sound yeah. to it. It's kind of like... Kind of a crossover with Perry Como, in some ways. Yes. Yeah. A lot of maybe. I don't know nostalgia to you maybe. Could be, yeah. Memories of my dad and listening to what he enjoyed. But something that also is like you said, a little more modern and in popier. Right. Sense of that. Right. I think he like Coldplay. There really isn't a song that he sings that. I don't care for, mm-hmm. which is unusual because I am more of a just a 
one, two, or three song off of an album. Right. Kind of gal. So, uh, and he's Canadian. <laughs> that um, just my love of Canada, you yeah. know. So uh, a few years ago now, you kind of had a, a more of a kind of a return back to the 80s in terms of what you're listening to. Um, I mean, you've, you've, you've always been listening to the 80s, but it just kind of became more, a lot more noticeable, I think, to me. Right. Um, so. I, I think the 80s themselves have just kind of had a comeback, you know, more people are listening to them. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, you used to kind of crack on me for the 80s, but there are a few that that you found that you enjoy. Right. So I think there's probably others out there that are finding some 80s music that they like as well. Um, and now with an iPhone and iTunes... I can download, you know, that music that is my favorite and play it anytime I want. Right. So what are the, uh, some of these uh, artists or bands that um, really have kind of, you've been listening to a lot of? Uh, Tears for Fears. Yeah. Modern English. Rick Astley. Um, Spandau Ballet. Well, um, it's not just their material from the 80s. It's even some of the current stuff that yes. these individuals or bands have been doing. Right. Um, Rick Astley came out with a new album when he turned 50 and kind of brought back... Uh, hard to explain my interest in him his style is different now mm-hmm. um, than what he's typically known for uh, but he I mean he does everything he writes he produces he plays all the instruments he's um, I think pretty much doing the whole album himself all right extremely talented yeah and still loved (laughs) Um, so currently um, there's like a a couple um, groups or individuals that you've really uh, resonated with now Maggie Rogers is uh, an example of an artist that you uh, really like yes um How'd that come about? Um, Your sister, Kendall, and I were taking a trip to Canada and um, just this summer. And uh, she had the music playing from her phone. And it just hit me that she has a unique voice, which I think... kind of attracted me to her to begin with and then um, just checked her out after we got home and 
like about three or four songs on the album and was disappointed that her ticket prices were so high because we were trying to see her either in Detroit or Canada. Mm-hmm. And, um, but, you know, she she's popular. So yeah, she's huge. Those prices went way up. Yeah. <laughs> but there, there again, that's, she has brought about some new interest where you did, you know, in your teenage years. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just, it's, it's good to venture out and expand. Right. Different styles and, and sounds. Mm-hmm. So another um, Phoenix yes. band, which they've got a lot of like, 80s type of quality sounds to them right um although even though they're french yes (laughs) how that come about and what is it about them that you enjoy um it was from our trip to ireland yeah you had control of the radio or the music again and uh no it's fine um one of their songs tutti frutti came on uh and it just i feel good yeah and got that got their cd at the library and i like a lot of theirs some of it i don't understand it's french right but um they have a good sound and a lot of um he's got a lot of energy right yeah I've watched some YouTube videos. Oh, okay. So. I have yet to see them live. Oh, no? Oh, my goodness. It's frustrating. <laughs> to me. Yeah. That, yeah, that's somebody I want to see live. Well, I'm sure you will. Yeah. So, what is it about uh, music that is... Why do we listen to it? What, what makes it something that we enjoy? Well, I think because no matter what mood we're in, there's a song, there's a style, there's lyrics that can change your mood. If you're down, it can lift you up, it can minister to you, it can be just, I'm going to have some fun, I'm going to dance, be silly, whatever. But also, um, there's just something for everyone. Yeah. All different styles. Um, And I've never heard anybody say they don't like music. As a whole. Right. Right. You know, it's just, it's in our lives. It's, um, I can't imagine not having music. It's always been there. In some form or another, it's a, it's just enjoyable. All right. Well, thanks, Mom, for doing this. You're welcome. Yeah, thanks again. Uh, love you. Love you. We'll see you around, everybody, next spring. Thank you for listening to Soundtrack with Kaya Leakty. If you like the podcast and want to know more, 
Check out our Instagram at Soundtrack Podcast or leave us a review on your podcast platform of choice. Join us next time on Soundtrack. <laughs>